Welcome to the 25th edition of Don't Listen to Us. I'm Sean King. I'm Melissa King. So. So. So do we do the big announcement off the oh, top? Oh, let's. Right off the top? Let's just do it. The first thing we say? Absolutely. It's the first thing on our minds, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> um, We're moving to Australia. We're moving to Australia. We're moving to Australia. I'm going home. There's that. I'm going. Yes, home. <laughs> we've been. We went to uh, Australia last December for three weeks. Two, three, uh, three weeks. Three and, little, and a half. Three and yeah, a half weeks. Nearly four. And as I said, to, to much to Melissa's dismay, before we went, and she said, "So, do you really want to go to Australia?" I was like, "No." <laughs> now, because I'm an idiot. I didn't, in my head, because in my head, I always want to be open and honest as possible. But that makes me be tactless quite Sometimes. often. Um, yes, yes. When someone says to you the equivalent of, would you like to visit my home country that I love? <laughs> you don't say, no. It was very offensive. I know. it's just so beautiful. <laughs> and the thing is... It honestly is never a place I'd ever thought I'd wanted to visit. I'm very much a European guy from the point of view of history and geography and countries and language and, and, and. I've always been, maybe it's because I've lived in the East Coast my entire life and, and uh, being very heavily influenced by uh, British sensibilities living in Nova Scotia and Scottish. To me, that's where I always wanted to go. That's where I wanted to spend my money. I have never had any interest in Southeast Asia. I have no problem with it. I, I lots of people love it, and I I'm great if you love it. Just it's not for me. Same with South America. I'm legally not allowed to go to Brazil because I would grab someone's ass and get thrown into the country because they have right. beautiful, exactly. Side. They're beautiful men and women. I think he would go um, that way about Africa. I'd go on an African uh, uh, photography safari, but otherwise, there's no place in Africa that calls me that I really want to want to see. Uh, Middle East? No, not really. India? Never had any interest in India. So for most of the places in the world, I really don't have an interest in spending money. Spending my, you know, your own hard-earned money or these places. It's been Europe for me. It's been Italy, France, Germany, Austria, Switzerland, uh, England, uh, Ireland, Scotland. All those places are always places I've always wanted to visit. And now next March, Port, uh, Portugal. So when you said that when we first met, shortly after we, we met, you said that you were going to go to go traveling. You were going to go back home. You hadn't been home in how many years? 18. 18 years. And so like within a month of Melissa and I meeting, she said, oh, by the way, I'm, in December, I'm going to be in Australia. I was like, oh, I'm going to miss her for that whole month. And as our relationship developed, you said, why don't you come with us? And I was just like, no, I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to go to Australia. I don't want to spend money to go to Australia. But then I realized I didn't want to be without this woman for a whole month. So I was like, okay, I'll go. <laughs> we go, and oh my God, I was completely blown away by almost every aspect of Australia. It was beautiful. In my mind, my entire life, all 50 plus years, Decembers have been miserable. <laughs> they're cold, they're snowy. They're rainy. They're just miserable. December in Canada is, for the most part, just something you just get through. You do. You just got to get- Closed doors, you know, darkness. Closed windows, and especially here in the Vancouver area, rain. Rain, rain, rain. It's, you don't even get the respite of a beautiful snowfall. You can watch Very softly rare. falling from the sky. 
Here it's rain. And darkness. And darkness. Your lights are on 24-7 because, sorry, during the daytime, they're on 12 hours a day because it's too dark. It's just awful. And it was bright and beautiful. And then the beaches were spectacular. The sand itself, literally the sand was different than any sand ever stood on. The people, your family, were just spectacularly wonderful, down-to-earth, sweet, kind, loving, generous people. They are wonderful people. Um, your brother moved out of his house so we could live in his house. For and Kath gave us her car weeks. to use for the Your, your sister-in-law, sister-in-law. Gave, gave us a car. Yep, there you go. Here, take the, take the keys. I didn't realize how dangerous that was. <laughs> it was funny. Because you're all driving Stay left, stay left, stay oh left. Oh, my God. Sean was very funny. And then the windshield wipers would go on when we go to turn the corner. It was very funny. We had so much fun. Well, it would have been less terrifying if I hadn't had everyone I loved in the vehicle I with know, me. I know, I know. Sean was very aware of safety. Oh, yeah. All the safety things. I mean, if it just been me, I was like, I'm down the wrong side of the road. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> things got airbags. I'm sorry. Good. Yeah. I'm Canadian. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> but, um, we had so much fun there. So when we came back, um, we, we come back to, to the again, the Vancouver area for January and February and a little bit of March. It's like, oh, it's so miserable. <laughs> and I had made the mistake of putting on my weather app, uh, Newcastle. Don't, don't, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, he's Just don't. comparing. Because <laughs> you're looking at like a week and a half of rain in Vancouver and, oh, look, a week and a half of sunshine in Australia <laughs> where it's 27 degrees. <laughs> Celsius, by the way, not Fahrenheit. That's like 78 Fahrenheit. And you can close your eyes and hear the surf. And you can the imagine the, 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 the water and hear the laughter of Koa and Nash and mm-hmm. talk to, to the wonderful cousin Zane. Oh. I know. And now what he does is he'll go, do you realize that it's warmer in Newcastle than what it is here and it's still winter there? It's literally they're li- warmer. They're swimming, they're on the beach, they're running around, the kids are running around in basically naked <laughs> and we're going, and I've got my Uggs on today. I was thinking about putting the <laughs> furnace on, but I refuse. <laughs> I just refuse to do it. That's right. It's, raining. It's literally right now at this moment, 15 degrees and raining. So that's that's 60 degrees and raining here in, in the Vancouver area, where it's 74 degrees and beautiful sunny in Newcastle, <laughs> and it's winter. It's officially winter there. And my family's like, summer's coming. And we're like, huh? Shut up. <laughs> so we've been talking about it on and off, and then the last month or so, we've gotten fairly serious about it, and- Decided that in any number of ways, it's best for all of us to move to Newcastle. Um, we're both, I don't think it's 100%, but certainly a large percentage of it is thinking about Rory and thinking about his life and what we want for him, the 12-year-old, what kind of environment we want him to grow up in. And certainly one of them is to be with his cousins, to yes, be with these to be great with his family, these yep. great kids, yep. Zane and... Um, Miley Cyrus. No, Miley and Cyrus. No, what are the twins' names? Miley, uh, uh, and, Miley and Laney. And Laney. I'm sorry. I'm he re- he very much connected. Yes, Miley, he did. Very with, much with so. And then the the beautiful little Koa and the just incredible ball of energy that that is Nash. Yeah. But also hanging out with his uncle Brad, Melissa's my sister, brother. and uh, your uncle, my I guess my step uncle, um, yeah. James, Uncle and my James, Annie Kate. Annie Kate. It's uh, just, Jillian Sam. I mean, my mum's gone and my no. grandma's gone and I don't have that. I do have a father, that I sh- estranged father. That, that we perhaps, want to connect with. Yes. I mean, he's a nice man. 
And then there's all there's that. Then there's the other aspects of it. The the beach L- lifestyle. R- Rory loves being in the water as much as I do, and it's hard to get him out of the water like it is me. And the beaches there are so significantly different than what we have oh. here. Um, the lifestyle being just more outdoorsy, because here again, because of this weather. You're kind of trapped indoors for four months out of the year. You are. We have talked about this before. It's not like it's snow. We can go and play in the snow. You know, you go build a snowman. You go snowshoeing and, 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 and tobogganing. I love that. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> me too. <clears throat> and you think, oh, it's just it's better. It's rain. But no, because you can't play in the rain. Not really. For the and most part. There's, I mean, it's tough to make a rain ball and throw it at somebody. I know. You know it's really I know. I mean, you could go, you can go out walking in it. It's not cold, cold. True. You can, yes, it's you know, you zero. put your jacket on and off you go. It's true. But, you know, this, the, the, the sad thing about it is, is because I've lived here now longer than what I really? lived, even yeah. though I was born in Australia. But before we went, you know, I was still, oh, my God, the Sunshine Coast here and in British Columbia is so beautiful. And, and it really is. I'm not saying it isn't. But went home, went to the beach. We were on the beach hours after we landed. Yes, like we basically went I to the beach. I almost drowned. Uh, Sean almost drowned. <laughs> <clears throat> and I, I remember walking onto the beach going, holy, what? Yeah. And now that we've come back, I go to the beach here and I go, there is no comparison. None. You go to the beach in uh, Kay's Beach in outside of Newcastle and you just plunk your ass down anywhere. Here, stunning. we have to find out what the, when the tides are. We have yeah. to find a spot that's got the little itty bitty bit of sand <laughs> that we can sit on and not the freaking gravel rocks and boulders. And if you can swim, if you can get up to your ankles, yeah. if, it's, if it's actually warm enough to yeah. plunge in. Oh, God. Yeah, there's that too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot of reasons for it. Just the adventure, if nothing else, Melissa and I are great together adventuring, exploring, and we love doing that kind of stuff. And for. For both of us, professionally, we both feel this is, um, we're limited and limiting ourselves being here. You are, we are both positive. You're going to find a great job. Oh, yes. I, I don't feel very inspired here yeah. in my career. And, and neither do I in, in, in the photography mm-hmm. aspect of things. Yeah. So there's no downside for us. Sorry, there's, there's minor downside. We're, we're, we're going to miss our other son, Damon. Uh, mm. Who's who's uh, twenty twenty one years old? But he's moving on with his life too. He's in his own his own place. He's a traveler in his yeah. heart, yeah. He lo- and he'll get on a plane and come over. That's not. But he's going also to a BC, sh- like you said, he's a BC. He's a BC boy, like his father. Yeah. I'm a BC guy, mum, and yeah. he's not too. I don't want to feel like the distance of it is so vast that it's insurmountable. It's yeah. like, you know what? You get on a plane, you get over, we'll it's be not, there to pick you it's up. It's not Mars. It's not Mars. No. It's We live on this beautiful little Earth. I don't, because if I think about it that way, then I think, oh my God, I can't go. It's no. too far. But it's not. You know? And the other aspect of it is Rory's going to miss his dad. His dad lives in a place called Smithers, which yeah. is, I think, six hours away. Drive, no, driving driving is a day and I a half. I think it's a couple of hours a couple on hours the plane. On, on, on plane. But he doesn't get to see him very often mm-hmm. now, although they Skype every single Every Sunday, Sunday they FaceTime. So they can they still can, do that. They can do that. I said, you can Skype your dad as much as you want. Yeah. And Rory was very happy to to talk about how quick and how clear it was, yeah, yeah. Skyping his dad. There was no delay. There was no delay time. When we did time. it last year, in, in December last when year. When we did it in yeah. Australia, yeah. yeah. So nothing that, is insurmountable. Nothing. It, it, we're going to leave a lot of stuff behind that's going to make us sad. There's no doubt about that. 
we're going, but we're going to go to a lot of things that are going to make us very, very happy. Well, it's I don't know. You start to think about life and think. Am I feeling stagnant? Mm. Do I not do this because I'm 54? Yeah. Do I think I'm 54? I have to stay where I am yeah. and not move yeah. and wait and do everything or think about uh, I'll stay here till I die. Yeah. I'll travel a bit, but this is where I don't know. It's, it's just an odd feeling. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've got five to 10 years left of my career. So, uh, you know, I, I'll still do it, yeah. uh, but I'm not loving it here. I feel blessed to have my job here. But it's not what I used to have, and yeah. it's not inspiring me. So I'll try it over there. It's lots of jobs. Yeah, I got to get you know, I got to pay a lot of money to become quali- um, what is it, certified, certified or whatever to work in Australia. But nothing is insurmountable. It's going to be another adventure. That I'm looking forward to going on with you. Me too, sweetheart. Yet another adventure. Now, what, one of the, one of the things is that uh, I'm sorry. Um, Guys, you should never intentionally make your significant other, your wife, your your lover, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, cry. I'm going to do that now. Why? Because that's the kind of dick I am. You are. Email from Sarah Tompkins. My Sarah. Uh, Hey, first off, I think I'm going to have to stop listening to you two after you move to Australia because it's going to be too painful to listen to. But as much as I'll be likely burst But as much as I'll be likely to burst into tears the next time I see Melissa, I just cannot explain how extremely grateful I am to have her for this long. She has helped me so much with everything. Sometimes her smile is all I need to get me through a bad day. I know she'll be in her element living back home, and at least her family will kick Sean's butt to the plane if he ever breaks up with her. Lots of love, honey. Thanks for everything you showed me about life. Sent from her iPad. What a beautiful girl she is. Isn't she, though? She's a young woman now. What a sweet little... Thank you, Sarah. Oh, Sarah. It was a wonderfully sweet email. Thank you for that. She's going to be amazing. And I wouldn't be surprised if you end up in Australia or Europe or somewhere one day, Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. (laughs) If anyone can do it, it'll be her. Got, uh, speaking of Australia, our friend Scott Thrift, who we'll probably hopefully meet someday. Yes, Scott. Let's. Absolutely. Is Scott in Sydney? He's in Sydney. Oh, yeah, just down the road. Uh, On to the topic from last week's show, but wealthy people changing nappies. First, the chance of Prince William, Kate, and even Diana changing a nappy is actually high. The queen was raised in a modern and relaxed household, as she was never actually meant to be queen. She was quite well known for being very hands-on with her children. I would guess this would pass down the line. Lovely. Now on to nannies. A traditional English nanny would not be caught dead changing a nappy. Babies and infants would be cared for by a nursery maid. Oh, nannies oh. came into a home once the children were past the nappy stage. Oh. And needed more supervision and to become and to begin the children's education. Uh-huh. The job of the nanny was considered suitable employment for women from middle-class backgrounds who didn't marry. It would often be a job for life long past the time the kids were grown up. The agency that supplies nannies to the UK royals is called Norland, has been in business for 125 years. That is very, very interesting. Thank you, Scott. Thank I had no you, idea about any of this stuff. Well, there's the hierarchy of the help situation Yeah, in well, England. again, there's the, the class system. There's a whole, uh, yes, there's the class system, and then there's the, the downstairs people that have their own very, very strict hierarchy. Yep. Interesting. I saw this on Twitter. Before the internet, how did people find out that everyone's a fucking idiot and we're doomed? <laughs> <laughs> we, we were happily, abysmally. Yeah, we really were, weren't we? Just, we? Yeah, we were We were just unaware. We didn't know the vast majority of people around us were just fucking idiots. <laughs> just, God, you're all stupid, you know? <laughs> 
Um, I saw this on on uh, on Twitter. Someone posted this. I've seen this happen. This commentary happened before, and it's hard to believe that we still think this way in 2018. And this is a Facebook article by Dan Bacon. How to talk to a woman who's wearing headphones? No. Why would you? Oh no, you don't. Ruby Rose tweeted, what the actual fuck have I just seen on Facebook? Believe it or not, people with headphones in want you to fuck off. Don't chat to me, you weirdos. If you've got headphones on male or female, leave them alone. But here's his advice. Stand in front of her with a meter between you, so three feet. Have a relaxed, easygoing smile. If she hasn't already looked up at you, simply get her attention with a wave of your hand. Wave your hand in her direct line of sight so she can't ignore it. When she looks at you, smile, point to her headphones and say, take off your headphones for a minute and pretend to be taking off headphones so she fully understands. Get out of here, you idiot! Is this related to your previous comment about before the internet, how did we know that everybody was idiots? It's this male idea that this woman wants to talk to you. That every woman wants to talk because you're so goddamn special mm. that you can interrupt this woman who's studying or reading a book or just listening to freaking music. music. Getting through her commute. If she wants to talk to you, she won't be wearing headphones. No. That's a hint. Mm. Headphones block out the outside world. She's blocking out the outside world for a reason. Probably to avoid assholes like you. That's right. Jesus. Did pe- what did people say to him? Were there people commenting? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, the, 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 the comments. Well, and the, the comments are also typical on both sides of the aisle. One of the, the male comment, the asshole male comment is, oh, why do women have to be so snotty? Why do they have to be so stuck up? Why do they... Just shut up. I wouldn't try and talk to a guy that had his headphones on. Because you're a woman. You're not an idiot. Oh, my gosh. It's these idiot men, again, who think that every woman deserves to have a conversation with them. Right. You know, I, I, I'm a man. Therefore, you should want to talk to me. That's the attitude a lot of these guys have. Oh. And then if you don't want to talk to me, well, you're obviously a lesbian. You, you big dyke. Oh, you my know? God. Because she has better things to do in her life than talk to your dumb ass. Wow. It's just amazing that, that they, they think that these women will sleep with them if, just, if, if I just do the right approach. That's, ba- that's the, the underlying so aspect of this. So it doesn't have anything to do with it. got nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with Don't it Don't do this. Well, if he is doing it, he's only going to do it once or twice, and he's going to go, oh. No, that's the problem. Guys that are this stupid will do it over and over and over and over again. And blame because, the woman. And blame every single time. Every single time they'll blame the woman mm. because it's obviously her fault. I'm a great guy. I'm handsome. I'm smart. I'm in good shape. And he's none of those things. Mm. But he thinks he is. Right. Therefore, you deserve to have my company. Right. If only you knew. Because it's that idea that so many men have that lesbians are only lesbians because they never slept with me. Oh. Oh, dear. That's so sad. There are so many guys who have that attitude, even if it's subconscious. Are you sure? Oh, I, I swear to God. I guarantee you. That a lot of guys think, well, if, if she just had a good man, she wouldn't be a lesbian. Because being a man is, having sex with a man is the best so thing So she hasn't experienced what she needs to that's experience. Right. Exactly. So she, oh, that's so sad. She just want to punch guys in the throat to do this stupid shit. <laughs> you ever had Mountain Dew? The beverage? It's, the drink? No. The soda? No. I probably haven't had a Mountain Dew since I was 10 or 11. Oh, it's, yeah. It's disgusting. Is it is it carbonated or yeah, oh yeah it's, flat? it's it's like Coca Cola but it's a it's a lemony sort oh, of flavor to it all clear right. clear it's not even clear it's like 
bile yellow. Oh. It's very, supposedly very common, very uh, um, uh, favored among uh, nerd types. They oh. drink a lot of Mountain Dew. I don't Why? Know. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's how they experience the mountains. They drink the dew. They have this weird, they have this wonderfully weird campaign, Do the Dew. And it's very funny because a lot of it is outdoorsy stuff, mountainy stuff, and it, <laughs> and the nerds aren't doing that shit. <laughs> no, you know, so. they're not. I realize that. But Mountain Dew tried to put out a refreshing advert, but the intention behind its message ultimately went into a fizzle. <laughs> Turned out that Mountain Dew, this is talking about the thing we talked before before the internet. How do we know the people were, were were idiots? It turned out that Mountain Dew didn't pass its ad campaign through the appropriate uh, cultural filter. On Monday, the brand's UK leg rolled out a gif of a thirsty young man downing a bottle of the soda. While the imagery seems pretty innocuous, what amused internet users in Scotland was the choice of words in the tagline, which read, Epic thrills start with a chug. What's a chug? Like a chug of drink. Chug is popular Scottish slang for masturbation. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so say the, say the slogan again. Epic thrills start with a chug. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Oopsie. Oops. All the Scottish were having a good old laugh over that one. <clears throat> so, yeah, they uh, they made a boo-boo on that one. They, uh... But the, I told you about Forex when I came over to, Austri- to no. Canada. Well, no. you know that I can feel a Forex coming on. No, that don't. used to I... be an Australian ad for a beer. Okay. I can feel a Forex coming on. Right. And in Canada, that's a condom. <laughs> <laughs> a Forex? Used to, it was a it was a, in Canada. Yes, I've never heard of a forex the condom. Forex condom. So it was sort of like, huh? Because in Australia, it was you know, I got the taste for it. Just can't wait for it. I can feel the forex coming on. It was like, oh, forex. Okay. <laughs> There's a few funny things like that. That the, the differences, the subtle differences. Yes. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, Scotland, a Glasgow woman who left her front door unlocked went downstairs later that night to find a drunken stranger snoring on his sofa <laughs> after leaving his shoes outside. <laughs> thought he was home. Elaine McDade said Thomas Arley was indignant at being awoken, but apologized profusely when he remembered that his parents had moved out about two years earlier. He <laughs> came home drunk, took his shoes <laughs> off, mom and dad. passed out on the couch. Oh. <laughs> Quite pleasantly. <laughs> That's right. I got an email from uh, John Kalon. John said, I'd be interested to in your thoughts on this, perhaps on a future episode of DLTU. Nova Scotia judge freezes half a $1.2 million lottery win as family feud continues in court. Oh, oh no. In July, a ticket bearing the names of, of uh, Barbara Reddick and her 19-year-old nephew Tyrone McGinnis won $1.2 million. Okay. The following day, Reddick and McGinnis went to pick up their checks, and that's when the family feud began. Reddick claimed she sent McGinnis money to buy 100 bucks worth of tickets, and told him to put his name on them for good luck. She said there was no discussion about splitting the winnings. So she sent him all the money. And why did she send the money to him? I don't understand. Just to get them purchased in a different place? Yes, or it's Nova Scotia. So she made a live, may have lived in the backwoods somewhere and didn't have a, a lottery place near oh, her. Oh, all right. Okay. Uh, she she uh, Apparently, they live in a place called Marguerite Forks. I've never even heard of Marguerite Forks. Oh, okay. So, so it might have been some, Exactly. Exactly. Right. Okay. During the uh, uh, 
During the photo op with the Marguerite Chase, the ace lottery winners, Reddick declared she was taking her nephew to court over the money. Unfortunately, what should have been a joyous occasion was not. Um, the nephew said his aunt had agreed to share the money if they won. There's also a question as to whether uh, the aunt, sorry, whether the nephew was aware the aunt only wanted to put his money on the ticket for luck. I'd never heard of that in my entire life. Put your name on it for luck? For luck. That makes no sense I mean, whatsoever. Yeah, no. And the thing is, the nephew put both their names on the ticket. Yeah, he didn't have to do that. He could have just put his, his name, name on the name ticket on and claimed the, the whole thing. Yeah. So, it, it, it's... Oh, a, come on. Give the kids some money, for heaven's sake. No, we don't. Some, he gets half. Well, I his mean... His name's it, on the ticket. That's going to be yeah. the way the ruling... That's yeah. where the ruling is going to go, because the ruling can't... The judge can't decipher what you thought no, in your head. No, no. What you meant or what he understood. That's right. She might have said, put your name on for luck. And he thought, oh, my aunt's sending me the money so we can win the lotto or whatever. Even if she said to him, put your name on it for luck, I'm not giving you any of the winnings. The judge can't know that. Exactly. As he said, she said. And he doesn't know how the how the 19-year-old uh, sort of um, interpreted that. Yes, exactly. I, I think that... that, that um, it's a fairly it's it's a sad case because this this is a feeling strange yeah. family. But I think for the judge, this is going to be a, a no brainer. Yeah, it's it just going to be. They you shouldn't know. let it be con- conflict in their conflict in their family. For heaven's sakes, especially when and this is going to sound kind of funny. It's only six hundred thousand dollars. It's not that well, and it's wonderful. Wow, they won one point two million dollars. She lives in Nova Scotia. Six hundred thousand will get, get her the rest of her home, life. Right? She'll be all right. That'll <laughs> get that'll get her the town. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> half a million bucks will get you half of Nova Scotia. Right. Yeah. So she's good. <laughs> she's good. She's old. Half a million dollars will get her the rest of her life. Right. Okay. All right. Half a million bucks will help him in his young life, and will get her through the end of hers. She's being a greedy old biddy. I think so. I I I absolutely think so. There's another uh, case out of uh, Nova Scotia. A lawyer for Halifax man who strangled an off-duty police officer argues that his mental illness, brought on by the murder, should be a mitigating factor in deciding his parole. So he he's saying he's developed a mental illness because he murdered a police officer. Sorry. He's got PTSD because he killed a cop. He killed someone. And therefore he should get early parole. <laughs> no. the hell is wrong with you? I think he's a bit of a danger. Leave that's him the there. Kind, that's the kind, this is where I wish judges could say to lawyers, you're an idiot. You can't practice law for a year. Yeah. Don't, take, don't bring this into don't my bring the, Don't waste my goddamn time with this bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Even if, in fact... He has PS- PTSD because of the killing. Too bad. There's no judge that's going Don't to. Don't kill people. <laughs> Don't get PTSD. <laughs> well, the judge isn't going to. The judge is going to go, are you kidding me? Christopher Gar- yeah. Garnier was convicted in December of second degree murder and interfering with a dead body. Oh, dear. I don't think I want to know what that means. Um, okay. Oh, dear. But yeah. Yeah, go have your PTSD in the prison system. Exactly. Dude. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Like, sorry, know, sorry I've, got, I've got zero sympathy and for plus you. And plus, it's a police officer. There's no way. I, I, I a have, cop killer. I have zero sympathy for you in general with regards to that kind of stuff. But yeah, you, you, you're, you're a cop killer and you... Um, Just and, what and, an and argument. You PTSD, yeah. 
And you get PTSD because of it? Yeah. But Lawyers can be really just bottom of the scrape of the barrel. That really is can't sleazy. They? That really, really is sleazy, even lawyers for lawyers. A bad name. How about giving corporations a bad name? Well, okay. Corporations are always trying to find stuff that will get them free publicity. Yes. Because buying an ad, an ad on TV or radio or internet costs money. If you can get the media talking about your product, that's free advertising. No matter how. That's right. Well, there's the old line about there's no such thing as bad publicity. Yeah. But I disagree with that. Okay. All right. I think there is. I think this is a good case for it. KFC, get out of fried chicken. The name Harland hasn't been in fashion for quite a while. The last time it cracked the top 1,000 names for American baby boys was 70 years ago. Harland is the first name of the Colonel. Oh, is it? Okay. Colonel Sanders. The guy with the little white goatee right. and the Colonel. Okay, was the Colonel, Colonel. Colonel Harlan Sanders. Harlan. He was actually a very famous guy. Okay. His, his history, if you ever get a chance to look it up, is really, really interesting. Oh. But he's the guy who started Kentucky Fried Chicken. All right. The name would likely have maintained its obscurity for decades, perhaps never to return, but Harlan might soon make a comeback. Thanks to the effort of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Harlan is the first name of the fast food company's uh, founder. The company announced on Wednesday that it will award $11,000 to the first baby born September 9th, Colonel Sanders' birthday, bearing the name Harland. Oh, well. Per a press release, the gift of $11,000 is in honor of KFC's 11 herbs and spices <laughs> and is intended for the newborn Harland's college education. Uh-huh. No. 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 A thousand like- to... What? I like the name what? Harland. I think okay, it's kind of cool. I thought you were saying you like this idea. Oh, but I like it. I, I, I mean, it's not an awful name. Anyone who names your child this, if, 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 if KFC was guaranteeing you $11,000, maybe I would do it. But this is just a chance. You basically put your name to a draw Oh, beca- oh. to name your child Harland. Okay. At some point, you, so you name your child Harlan in the hopes of making $11,000. Mm-hmm. You don't, because the vast majority of people won't right. get this. At some point, the child's going to ask, Mom, why is my name Harlan? <laughs> because of the 11 herbs and spices that are in Kentucky Fried Chicken, Harlan, honey. What? <laughs> Mom, what? That makes no sense. You mean he was my uncle? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> my grandfather? No. You named me after a chicken company? <laughs> You name me because you were trying to get eleven thousand dollars. There is a, a, a no, there isn't. No, no, I mean, there isn't. I see a struggling family going, hey, or poor, poor couple going, let's try it. Oh, That's got to be one of those offensive things. I think it things. could be a lot more than eleven, eleven thousand dollars. That's geez. just, I find that offensive. That you would try to take advantage of people in this particular way. That's true. Yeah, just to get some media. Oh, well. Oh, it's just, uh, imagine the conversation when the teenage Harlan asks his parents with tears in his eyes why they can't afford tuition in the college of his dreams. His parents will have to explain their resources are constrained by the number of herbs and spices in the original <laughs> recipe. And we only have $11,000 for your school, kid. Yeah. You can't go to Harvard. We only got eleven grand. Yeah. But your name's Harlan. <laughs> no, that's just ridiculous. Just don't, don't do that. Your Someone is- in a boardroom has come up with this idea, and they've all gone, yeah, yeah, okay, a good idea, let's do it. 
even if it's it's hard to make I never understand how these sort of marketing stunts gone awry how they get past all the people that they should why wasn't there somebody who went no this is stupid <laughs> This is offensive. Don't you think do they this. Took a vote and it's like I majority. remember 15 years ago living in the state. There was this huge stink over uh, a candy that was like a Pez dispenser. Do you, you have a Pez dispenser in Australia? Well, I know what they are. The okay. boys had them, yeah. So it's the candy you flick up and it yeah, shoots yeah. a piece of candy. Yeah, well, yeah, it opens up. its mouth exactly. or whatever and you pull the candy out. This company developed, prototyped, Showed off to marketing people, had manufactured, packaged, put onto trucks, <laughs> shipped out to stores around America. It was a Pez dispenser in the shape of a gun. Oh, oh. It was literally put the gun in your mouth and pull the trigger to get the candy. Wow. That's insanity. That is Awful. That is utter and complete insanity. Well, how long before it got taken off the shelves? Oh, like instantly, but it should have never made the shelves. Wow. I, 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 wow. As soon as the first guy in the company invented this, you, we, I should, if, if it's me, I'm going, you're fired. Get out. <laughs> yes. You psycho. Get out of my company. Yeah. But no, it went from that stage all to design to the all the way to the shelves. So how many dozens, if not hundreds of people saw this along mm. the way and went, oh, no, this is fine. Mm. No, 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 it's okay. But kids can put guns in their mouth and pull the trigger. It's quite frightening, isn't it? It is America. It I'm happens sorry, but... all the time. It just—it's utterly, utterly bizarre that how this stuff can go on on such a regular, regular basis. Yes. Is it weird for adult daughters to call their fathers daddy? Is it okay that my grown daughters, 33 and 30, still call me daddy? I didn't think anything about it until one of their friends was aghast when she heard it. Over the years, it's been dad, father, pop, pops, papa, but the girls always seem to drift back to daddy. I still call my parents mom and pop when addressing them. I've never insisted on daddy or forbidden them from addressing me by my first name. They just never have. No, I think it's perfectly fine. Why would you think anything otherwise? I don't. I think it's lovely. Hi, Daddy. I'd yeah. wish I could do it. <clears throat> my friend Gid, she calls her Daddy Gid's my age. She calls her mum often, not all the time, mummy, and she calls her dad Daddy. Hi, Daddy. I think it's beautiful. It doesn't bother me at all. I don't really your, see even your, why it's an issue. Your daughters can call you whatever you, whatever they want to call you, exactly. whatever you don't mind. If I was called. the daddy, I would love it if my daughters sure. would say Daddy. What are they, well, what's the concern? I think it's. I think the concern is what other people think about, depending on what their opinions of that are. Oh, and, and that being the case, who freaking cares? Oh my God, I'm just so not. I don't care. Uh, whatever. Families are families. They all have their unique culture within them. We worry so much about how other people judge us mm. that some people get paralyzed by that thought. Yes. How other people are thinking about me. Yes. And for the most part, you shouldn't give a rat's ass. You really shouldn't. Complete strangers that you'll never see again, who cares? Yeah. Family and friends who know you, they won't care. No. People who do care, you don't want in your life anyway. Mm. If someone cares what your daughters call you. I mean, if someone, if a good friend made a comment and you would go, well, that's just what we do. And your friend said, oh, okay, it's just, I'm not, I'm not used to that. It's unusual. That's fine. That's a fine comment. Yeah. But, 
I, I don't see an issue with weird it whatsoever. Thing to, to, speaking of weird, I work in the administrative offices of a government research program. We moved a new building recently, and I was startled to dis- and I, I was startled to discover that our director has brought in a real human skeleton to hang in his personal office. His grandfather was a doctor, and apparently it's some sort of family medical curiosity passed down to him. I'm pretty creeped out by this and find it super disrespectful. Who knows how these remains were procured? But he seems to have no such feelings and will occasionally pose a skeleton in humorous way, ways in his office to greet the people who come to visit him. We do work in the biological sciences, but in the field has nothing to do with human anatomy. Can I ask him to take it down? <laughs> No, 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 no. I, I just, I'm sorry. Well, um, so it's been in the family for years, you say? Apparently, that's, you know, you wouldn't know. That's what the director would have told you. See, I, I bring this up because you have been in a situation where you have dealt with dead bodies. And skeletons. And skeletons. Y- yes, many, all of them, for years. Would this bother you if no. your boss had... A skeleton? Oh my God, no. I had a skeleton in my passenger seat in my car for days. I was doing, I was doing musculoskeletal, like lift, you know, lifting techniques, et cetera, up at a hospital. I had a full, beautiful, gorgeous, very expensive skeleton in my passenger seat from the physio director of physiotherapy office. And I would pull up at light and people would do a double take. And I think I took a picture of him at one time and wrote... I know, were we texting then and did, doing did, all that? Did you drive in the HOV lane with him? I did. <laughs> did. I actually drove in the HOV lane. And I said, well, the lights are just getting longer and longer, the red lights in this city. If, you're, if, you, if somebody has a hold of a human skull, then that human being that lived in that skull had obviously said at some point, oh, my body, just whatever, I don't care what you do with my body, give it to science. It doesn't matter to me. I don't think that he would have. It would have been acquired through grave st- robbing or anything like that. I can hear people in the audience going, "What? That's you are so sweet and kind and gentle <laughs> and naive." What? There is no guarantee that this skeleton was procured through legal. Honest means. Why do you say that? Because there's no guarantee of it. There's, because there's, well, there isn't, but... If this was passed down from family to family and generation to generation... Well, where do you think it could have come from? It, could have, it would have come from... If it didn't come from a legal place, it would have come from a grave. Perhaps his great-great-uncle, as a drunken prank, dug somebody up. You, they have no oh idea. God. Yes, well, okay, you don't have any idea, but what are you going to do? Are you going to go into the director and say, I find this disrespectful, I need to find, like, where did you get this skull? Where did it come from? Was it? No, it's not a skull, it's a whole skeleton. Oh, I'm sorry, skeleton. But you couldn't do that because it's your boss, and I don't know whether you, if, if you felt comfortable doing that, you could say, this is a little distasteful. I definitely think it's distasteful for him to pose the skeleton in humorous situations. I think that's, you know, putting a cigar in its mouth and things like that. No, a skeleton should be hanging. Yeah, they've got, you can get stands for them. Exactly. Like this one I had in my passenger said I never, I was, I was never. You put a hat on it. Or, oh, no, never. No, no. He was, and plus he's very expensive. Like to get a good skeleton. Oh, yeah. They're thousands of dollars. they should be treated, like they have to be treated in a, if it was just yep. from dug from a grave, I don't think it would be a very good quality skeleton. Sorry. One of the issues, one of the things Just that, remember that um, 
I think it was called the Body Exhibit that went around for a few, yeah, a few yeah, years ago. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't go see it because it just creeped me out. Oh, I love that. Yeah, stuff. of course I you I saw would. the yeah. animal one. Um, there was a big stink because a lot of those bodies supposedly were from China. Yes. And there was no indication of the providence of those bodies. Yes. The rumor was they were convicts. There were people who had died in prison. Under what circumstances, we don't know, but that they hadn't given permission for their bodies for to be their used bodies to be even though yes and and that that's a whole other subject that's unto right. itself and so this might be the same thing I don't know we don't know we can't assume but I still think it's disrespectful to pose the it's, body I d- I agree I would not be comfortable ways. with that but I don't think there's anything wrong with having a skeleton in your office I think it's odd I I don't I don't doubt that at all that it's a, just a little strange especially if it's if you're not a Anatomist. Oh, well, a- well, we had one. My the director of physiotherapy at Center for Ability. That's where we. I just. I said, you know, Diane, could we use the skeleton yep. to do? And she was like, absolutely. Just be really, really careful. It's very expensive, and so I was very respectful and careful of this skeleton. But. Yeah, I don't think you can say anything to your boss. Just, uh, just suck it up. I don't know. Just, uh, yeah, not if you don't know the history. I don't know. Like, if, okay. If you have an HR department and you can do things anonymously, yeah, maybe you then can do you it that but way. Otherwise, you can't walk in your boss's office and go, that creeps me out. You can, you, I don't think you can say anything. Yeah, no, our skeleton was always kept on a stand. He was never, you know, put in weird, odd, yeah. realistic, like as if he was a live post. Nothing yeah. like that. He was there for educational purposes. Recently, now we're we are about to we we don't know when we're going to Australia. Um, likely in the new year. Yes, I'm going to work for the. I want to work hopefully for the year. Well, no, you're not doing that. Um, He's staying because my Rory's going hiking with his father in December, and then we're leaving right after that. Um, <laughs> no, we're not. We're not we, we 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 haven't decided exactly when we're when we're we're going, but at some point we will take a long. Long plane flight. Recently on an airline flight, the passenger next to me put her feet with her shoes onto the headrest in front of me. Oh. Nobody was in the seat. Since she had her headphones on, I tapped on the shoulder, indicated it was unsanitary to put one's feet where normally a passenger's head should be. I got a dirty look for my effort, and the young woman made quite a scene. Should I have ignored the situation or said something to the flight attendant? What do you recommend? Well, the flight attendant should be saying something. The flight attendant should be coming by and saying, excuse yes. me, you need to, I mean, that, that, that's what a flight attendant's job is. Yes. You can't have that. I agree. Yes. So what you're saying is you didn't say anything, the flight attendant would have come by. and I would say if they were coming by and you noticed that they weren't saying anything, I would have gone down and said, you know what, I, I just, I've noticed that <clears throat> nobody has said anything and I just, I don't know what the policy is, but I find it offensive. As a paying customer? As my... <clears throat> Want is, I will say something politely, yes, respectfully. Yes, that's what to begin you do. With. Yes, you do. I will say, excuse me, would you mind putting your feet down? If only because I don't want to see your fucking feet. I know. Okay? Yeah. Shoes on, shoes out, it doesn't matter. You're, you're, you're not at home. Mm. Put your feet down. Mm. Mm. Excuse me, would you mind not, not doing that? And if they give me a dirty look, I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't give me a dirty look. I ask you something respectfully and politely. You are not at home. You're in public space. Mm-hmm. I have to deal with this this area with you. So please put your feet down. Mm-hmm. If they continue to put them up, then I would speak up. Ding! I push the little button going, this little bitch. You I'm, have to I'm, sit there for I, the rest of the flight. Well, I have no problem with that. 
I'm already mad at her because she's small enough to get her feet up there. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I hate you tiny people. You're just, squished oh, into yeah. this economy seat. I hate you tiny people who just curl up like little <laughs> freaking hamsters and go to sleep on a plane. I know, right? God, do I hate you uh, so much. Just curl up in little cute little balls. I want to punch you in the throat. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I want to fly with you. Um. But yes, I would definitely say something and say, just don't, don't do that. Don't I know. Do yes. we, we have to, we don't do this enough. I think it's part of the, maybe the situation we're in. Police each other. I know, but we're not encouraged to do it. Make each other respect social norms. Yeah. It's, we, it's disrespectful to do that. I think we have, we're brought up with the mentality that somebody else will deal with yes. it. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I'm a father of three beautiful ch- girls. My wife wants to have another child. As much as I love the idea of making a family bigger and having another baby, I am apprehensive about the idea of having another daughter. Don't get me wrong, I love my girls more than anything in the world, but the thought of having four daughters is intimidating. I've always wanted a son and would be ecstatic if my wife and I had a boy, but there's no way of guaranteeing that. I know that may sound selfish, but is it? Should I discuss with my wife that I want another baby only if it's a boy? Well, you can't, how is he going to have a boy? You don't know. I mean, how can you know? I mean, I know there's a whole temperature thing you can do. Isn't there a test you can do before, say, the abortion date? (gasps) Oh, my God. No, 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 no. No, that's not an option. That's not an option. It is an option, though, isn't it? Oh, yes. Well, uh, you can't, he can't make that decision, for starters. And if they find out it's a girl, he would never do it anyways. Ever. Never. You go, oh, my God, it's a girl. What are we going to do? He's going to go, oh, my gosh, okay. He's not going to want to abort the baby. So how else would he possibly do it? He can't. He has to either want to have a baby or not, boy or girl. That's what it's got to be. Dude, shut the hell up. Yeah. Just, just well, shut up. If he doesn't want to have a baby, he does need That's to different. say, yes. honey, I don't want to do it again. You know, you can't afford it or whatever. whatever. Or, or be honest. But if he says, okay, we'll go ahead and try again, girl or boy, doesn't matter. Yes. There's nothing you can say that won't make your wife look at you as if you are the biggest monster in the world. I mean, I can say, I can see, I would take it if my husband said to me, I'd love it if it was going to be a boy. But I get it that we, like, I mean, I wanted Rory to be a girl. And I found out what sex he was before I had him. And I remember exactly where I was and the phone call and the nurse said to me, oh, Mrs. Berryman, congratulations, you're going to have a baby. And I went, (gasps) she went, boy. And for a nanosecond, I was really like, oh. And then I was just happy that... That my pregnancy and everything was well. But I did want a girl. I really did. I'd be happy. See, because this is how weird I am. I would think the nurse would say, congratulations, you're, you're, you're about to have a baby. And I, my brain would go lizard. Because <laughs> I'm an idiot. You know, I'd just like, ah, what's the worst thing could happen? Lizard. It's a lizard. Lizard would be the worst thing that could happen. You know? But I understand what you're saying. But I don't, that's, those are things you've got to keep inside. You cannot say this to your wife because for your entire life, she's going to hear whenever you talk about your youngest daughter that you didn't want her. No, you don't. You wouldn't. I disagree. He doesn't have to say, I'm only going to really want the baby if it's a boy. No, no. He's not going to say that. He can say, 
wow, let's have another baby and maybe we'll get our boy, but it doesn't matter if we don't. That's But he's that's what he's saying. He's saying, should I discuss with my wife that I want another baby only if it's a boy? Not that I would prefer a boy, but have a baby only if it's a boy. But that's stupid. It, of course it's stupid. He's a guy. And you can't know. So the wife's going to go, well, I'm sorry. Can't give you the order that you want. Somehow this idiot thinks only he, he it, either gets to choose ahead of time or after the baby's born, they give it up for adoption if it's a girl. Oh, you know, so that's not what I'm that he, but he wouldn't because he'd love it. There's, there's no, men are stupid. I don't oh, know. sweetheart, he would love it. I'm telling you now. It won't make any difference. Have a gorgeous little, sweet little baby daughter again. He'll go oh, and he'll love it. Her, I should say. I was the surrogate for my twin sister after she was in a car accident, left her unable to have children. I was already married with three sons when she and her husband approached me. My husband and I agreed. I delivered my niece without any problem five years ago. I am currently pregnant with a little girl now. I was planning on having my tubes tied after this. When I told my sister and her husband, they grew very upset. Apparently, they were counting on me to carry more pregnancies for them. My twin, even this is her twin sister, my twin even told me it wasn't fair that I get four children and she only gets the one. It felt like a knife in my heart. I was completely blindsided. I haven't even told my husband that he will react with rage. I don't know how to interact with my sister anymore. I've never had a child without her. They're holding my hand. She was there for my boys. I was there and was there when I pushed her daughter into this world. Our mother died when we were in our teens. We've celebrated most of our major mile, major life milestones together. I feel completely alone. How do I deal with this? I'm sorry. It's your body, and that's a lot of babies. She needs to be able to say, I don't want to do it again. Adopt. Adopt a baby. I'm sorry. And her sister's going to have to realize that that's her choice. They... One of them, if not both of them, need to go into therapy. Okay, because the, the sister who can't have children cannot be upset that her twin won't carry a child to term for Especially her. since she hasn't even asked her if she'd do you it again. You can't just expect that, that's, that that womb is for hire. Oh, my God, no. That's enough babies already. Even if it wasn't, even if she, she had no children, you can't expect... Another person to have their womb fryer. That's that. What you're saying is that your body is not your own. Your body is mine. And this is what women have been fighting against for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. That someone else wants control over their body. The twin is female, but that doesn't make this any less offensive. That I want to do with your body what I want to do with it. Mm-hmm. You have no I've right. The ability to do. You have no right over your body. I do. That's what this whole abortion debate is all about. Always has been. As I've always said, I have no opinion one way or the other with regards to abortion. It's your body. You do what you want. I believe in choice. Mm-hmm. And you should have the choice to do whatever you want. And your twin sister cannot in any way, shape, or form be mad at you. Oh, my gosh. Because no. you choose to do something with your body. Mm-hmm. It's, it's insanity. No, that, it's a that very difficult situation. You, you, you've got to have a conversation with your, with your sister, either in a therapy, therapist's office or somewhere, to say, I'm so sorry that you're in the situation. I've done all I can for you. I've done more mm. than I can for you. Mm. I can't go in. Go and hire another surrogate. Well, and it sounds like they're very – well, the thing is they wouldn't have had to have hired her. She would have been. She sure. would have done it for yeah, free. Done it for free. And celebrate this new little addition to the family. Yep. I'm sure they're all very close. And 
Oh yeah. Oh, that's really. And her knife is a knife is in her heart. That is so sad. My boyfriend Brett and I, in our late twenties, we live in a studio space at his parents' house. We currently sleep in a mega bed, which is a brand new queen size mattress his parents bought for him last year, shoved together with my cheap queen size bed from college. Hmm. We put together the mega bed. I was in between apartments and thought it was temporary. A year later, it's clear I'm not moving out anytime soon. And my side of the mega bed sucks. My back hurts. I don't sleep well. It's not comfortable. Brett understands that my bed is much worse, but refuses to let me sleep in his bed with him because he says he needs the space to sleep comfortably. I don't want to spend the money on a new full-size mattress for myself because we hope to move out soon and won't realistically be able to bring both mattresses with us. I've offered to splurge in a king-size mattress for the two of us to share, but Brett feels guilty that his parents just bought him a new mattress and he won't be able to contribute financially to the new mattress. I have the savings, he doesn't. I've started sleeping in the couch on the other side of the house. I feel bad for wanting my boyfriend to grow up and get used to sleeping next to me, but if he can't sleep comfortably, he has a valid point. I just know what to do. I'm tired. Oh, what an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> what an ass. I share a bed with this great big man, my big man. I mean, I'm little, granted, but, oh, what an asshole. <laughs> you get out of there, girl. If he's going to be an asshole like that, I'm sorry. You don't think... Please. <laughs> you don't think there's some sort of legitimate thing for him? No. <laughs> Are they going to get... If, is he going to marry her? Are they going to be together? Are you saying that everyone has to sleep in the same bed together? I'm saying that he's woman in his life is sleeping on a freaking couch. Are you serious? Why isn't the solution, though, for her to buy a new mattress for herself? Well, because she's saying, let's get a king size. Mm -hmm. He says no. Well, then he should just go, he should put aside whatever it is that he needs to put aside and go, yeah, let's get a big king size together. But really? what he's saying oh, is his, his parents... Oh, just- his parents put him in... <laughs> oh, get out of here. That is so ridiculous. He's saying his parents just spent the money on a, a new queen-size mattress for him. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't the girlfriend just spend less money buy a queen-size mattress for her, push them together, and they're fine? Well, yeah. Anyway, in the meantime, until they make the decision, really, she's on the couch. I'm sorry. I think that's just awful. I would be I think- so mad. <laughs> I would not speak to him in the morning and it would just be able to speak to him and then say, good night. Oh my, are you, can you imagine? Good night, sleep well. That is just <laughs> awful. She's on the couch. <laughs> I think that is pig headed and selfish. Unless the- Snuggle, spoon. <laughs> okay, trying again. Unless there is a medical reason for him to need to sleep alone, that he's he he gets he gets kind of you know maybe she snuggles too much, you know I I, I had many 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 years ago, I sleep in my stomach, I always have, and I had a girlfriend who would sleep almost literally on top of me, and she loved that I didn't I hated it because it felt very weird. I don't mind touching and, mm-hmm. and, and cuddling, but she would like one leg would be over top of my back and an arm across my body. It was very heavy feeling. I didn't, I didn't like it at all. So maybe the girlfriend sleeps like that. Well, she's not talking about a no, medical issue here. If 
if he had some sort of legitimate reason for, for doing it, then I would accept it. Otherwise, I agree with you. He's an asshole. And he might have other issues that we don't know about that, yes. we, that she's not talking about. But if there aren't any, yes, he's an asshole. Yes. You because if your parents spent the money, you, you go to your parents. You go, mom, dad, I'm sorry, but my lovely girlfriend who I'm living with and who's not moving out, yes, needs a different mattress. Now she has a medical issue. She has a <laughs> sore she back. Can't get, she can't get sleep. Asshole. <laughs> God. I mean, sweetheart. I mean, we share a bed. Yes. And you're a big guy. Yes. And other than you kneeing me in the ass every now and again, <laughs> quite hard actually. Boom! Like it's a, it's a real wake up call for me. <laughs> I do admit to doing that on on occasion. Yeah, he doesn't mean he's asleep, but his knee goes up and it goes right into my little butt, and I'm uh, my little bony butt. Whoa! <laughs> I am awake. Uh, the um. Now, it would be different, though, if we were in a queen-size bed. Because I still sleep the same way. I still lift that knee. I, I sleep in my stomach. I don't sleep, like, flat. I sleep with one knee, whatever. You do. You have a knee up. I know yeah, you Yeah, whatever do. direction I'm facing, that knee is up. Mm-hmm. And I've always been that way. Mm-hmm. And when I roll over, that's what happens. When I roll mm-hmm. over, I lift that knee. And if you're too close, bam, you're getting a knee in the ass. Well, it depends, yeah, for what position I'm in. And that's not a queen. That's on a, a California king size bed. Mm-hmm. Imagine if we were on a queen size bed, you'd be getting an E and ass every single time. Maybe, maybe I would. No, I'm speaking of experience. You'd be getting an E and ass every single time. Yeah, he's an asshole. <laughs> I'm. I'm. I'm not going to uh, disagree with you on that. We used to sleep in my girly bed. Oh God, yes! That yeah. was like a like a just a double. Oh, was it, no, that was a queen. Was it a queen? Yeah, and okay. we managed. Yes. We were fine. <laughs> I just have this mental image of of us. That's something that we uh, oh we, we we can talk about it. We are um, going to Lisbon, Portugal, in uh, March March twenty third to thirtieth, twenty nineteen. And we want you guys to join us. We're going to be doing a photography workshop. And the idea is that you're going to come on a beautiful, wonderful vacation to a spectacularly beautiful city and learn how to take better photos. And learn how to take better photos no matter what camera you have. This is for beginning photographers. This is not for pros. This is for average everyday folks who like taking photos with their DSLR or with their mirrorless or with their iPhone and just want to learn how to do it better. And you want to learn to do it in a beautiful setting where you're guaranteed of, good, of getting good images. And the idea is we're going to meet each morning. We're going to talk for about an hour. And then we're going to go out in the city of Lisbon to take those kind of pictures. So we'll be doing portrait sessions, landscape sessions, black and white, street photography, that kind of stuff. And then we're going to spend a couple hours <clears throat> the, the, later in that morning doing exactly that. And then in the afternoon, you're you're off to do whatever you want to do. Go be a tourist or go shopping or go to the beach or... Do whatever it is that you want to do, and then that evening we'll meet up again, and we'll talk about photography some more. We just found out from uh, the hotel, and I'm I'm ninety I'm ninety nine percent sure we're going to do it with this particular hotel because this place sounds lovely. This is the I, I know I'm saying the name wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to brutalize the the name of this poor hotel, but it's called the I mean, where is it Tessero de Baxa. T E S 
O-U-R-O, duh, D-A, Boxa. I know Boxa is a neighborhood. Boxa is B-A-I-X-A. Uh, if you want, you want that, send me an email to DLTU at YML.me. It's a gorgeous neighborhood. The, the, the thing I've been looking for is a neighborhood near this central area called the Santa Justa Lift elevator. And from there, it's from the hotel to the, to the elevator is only about a two, three minute walk. Uh, it's a 10 minute walk to the South George castle. There is uh, trams that go right by this. Everything we want to do and see is easily accessible from this hotel. But the problem I've been having is, and we, I think we've talked about this before, is the way Europeans describe beds and bedrooms has been driving me batshit crazy. Many different ways to describe bedrooms. They, I, I see things about um, a double room, uh, a double twin room, a superior double room, a superior deluxe room, um, a junior double suite. A, junior double double suite. A, <laughs> it's like you're ordering from Tim Hortons. It's like an order you know? from Starbucks. I'll have a double double, yeah, Just, you know, latte. It's been driving a- me nuts. And my worry is that we're going to book a hotel room that's going to have uh, a double bed in it that's only going to be the size of what I slept in when I was a kid. Oh, well, you'll have to sleep on the couch. I just- <laughs> <laughs> have to sleep on the so little it's, tiny it's Portuguese couch. These, and I see this throughout all these hotels. I've always seen it through, throughout Europe. In North America, you, when you book a hotel room, they're all the exact same. Yeah, they're stamped out. They're all, king, they're all kings or double queens. Mm-hmm. And it's the same price. Mm-hmm. And you don't have any problem. But here, oh my God. I just, I, I am, I've been stressing out so much over the hotel room choice. It's been months. Because I don't want people to be disappointed by the hotel. But this one looks lovely. Tessero de Boxa. Again, T-E-S-O-U-R-O de Boxa, B-A-I-X-A. But they've offered us a really, really good deal. Um, One of the other things I see a lot of European hotels do is they have a refundable rate, and then they'll offer a rate that's got free cancellation. Great. But the problem is, for example, in this hotel, you can get a... A uh, double room, uh, non-refundable, for 71 euros a night. Or you can get the exact same room with a free cancellation for 96 euros a night. It was so, about 80-something US, what did you say? It's 25 euros more expensive to get the non-refundable to get, one. Right. That's a huge difference. Mm. And I know as a traveler myself, I don't, this far in advance, I wouldn't want a non-refundable room. No. I don't want to pay... I the whole shot right now today. Mm. And what if something happens? And- Between now and six months, mm-hmm. I get fired or I break a leg or, mm-hmm. or any number of things. Mm-hmm. I don't want, so I don't, I wouldn't want to put that burden on anybody else. Mm-hmm. But it also kind of pisses me off that the hotel is charging an extra 25 euros. Mm. Hang on. Hey Siri, how many US dollars is 25 euros? That's almost 30 bucks a mm. night difference. That's a lot. Simply for that cancellation thing. <clears throat> so that's mm-hmm. been driving me crazy. Well, these guys, I sent them an email yesterday. They got back to me this morning. They're going to offer their non-refundable rate at the free cancellation rate. Pretty. So we're saving $20, $25 a night fantastic. off. And what they've said to me is, um, a deposit of 20% and a credit card is a guarantee will be required with the reservation and is refundable up to 30 days 
before. Very good. The remaining 80% should be paid seven days before arrival, and there will be no refunds after this point. I think that's fair. Yes. I don't have a problem with that. Yes. You have up to 30 days to cancel, and then you got to pay the rest seven days in advance. Yes. Not a problem. Yes. Because by then you know and you're you, feeling exactly. good. Yes. Exactly. You, you know you're going. Exactly. So I think that's going to be our hotel deal. It in, looks beautiful. It, it really is a very pretty little place. With a, uh, a, is that your son yelling? Yes. Is there other She's kids in the like house? Him. I'm not sure. Um. Anyway, <laughs> so that's 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 the plan. The plan is this lovely little uh, boutiquey kind of hotel. Um, it's gonna be a week in Lisbon. You're gonna learn a lot about photography. You're gonna learn. Uh, you're just going to have fun. We've been raving about Lisbon now ever since I first discovered it a few years ago. Um, it's a beautiful, historic city with great food, really interesting architecture, really interesting visuals. Um, the uh, Azulejo, so the blue tile that we see everywhere is just spectacular. It is beautiful. If you're on Instagram, do a search for hashtag Lisboa. L-I-S-B-O-A, and you'll see some amazing photographs. They have gr- incredible street art. Can't even call it graffiti. It's not. It's, it's just art beautiful, beautiful On the beautiful buildings. A mm-hmm. um, lot of wonderful, interesting history to the place. Um, and you get to hang out with Melissa and I. Hey, come on. <laughs> come on. You can't do any but better. You don't, yeah. Well, you got to listen to Sean then. You do don't, you? Well, this is don't listen to us, but you have to listen to you. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but um, the oh oh and the um, uh, the the drop dead date is October thirty first. In other words, you have to sign up before October thirty first, and you get a hundred dollars off the cost of the instruction. You you are responsible for your own airfare. You're responsible for uh, the hotel. You don't have to stay in the same hotel we're in. No, but it is would be nice. It if would we be all, nice. We're all together because the idea is going to be that we're going to meet up each morning, and so it'd just be easier if if you're in a hotel that's ten minutes away or half an hour away. Eh. Yeah, we we want to all be together so we can do our lesson and then go out. And- so, um, and then it's it's going to be it's five hundred dollars for the the class. The instruction, which I have been told by many people is far too low. Um, it's very true, it the, is. I know, I know. Yeah. Scott Kelby is charging $3,000 for three days. You undervalue yourself. With him in Rome. Mm-hmm. $3,000 for three days. So you're getting a good deal, kids. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, you'll have more fun with me than Scott Kelby. <laughs> You might not learn as much about, you won't learn anything about Photoshop from me, but you'll have more fun than you will with Scott Kelby. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. I guarantee, guarantee you. Um, so, so, yeah, the idea would be we'll, we'll, we'll learn, we'll walk around these beautiful historic sites, the Belem Tower, the Adronimus Monastery. We're going to go have um, these amazing custard tarts that they have at the Pastel de Belem, uh, South George Castle. The other thing is I'm seeing this, and this is really exciting to me. We are, I was just thinking about it before. Now we're definitely doing it. There is uh, this place called, uh, uh, we're definitely going to, on the Wednesday, we're going to be going to a beautiful area called Sintra and the Pena Palace, this amazing, amazing place. Again, if you're on on Instagram or if you are um, on Flickr, do a search for Pena Palace, P-E-N-A Palace. But, we're going to be going that same day to Cabo de Roca, 
And Cabo de Roca is the westernmost tip of the continent of uh, Europe. The next stop is North America. Like if, you, if you go just directly west, you're, you're hitting New York State. And for some reason, my mentality of that just fascinates me to stand on that spot. But along the way, there's some beautiful spaces along the way. Uh, the One of the uh, Twitter accounts I follow is a Visit Lisboa, Tourism Mode Lisboa. Um, visit Lisboa, L-I-S-B-O-A, if you want to do a search for it, on Twitter. And they just posted this. On your way to Cabo de Roca, be sure you don't miss one of the most beautiful beaches you'll ever see, Praia de Ursa. And the picture of this is just spectacular. So we're going to spend the day, uh, we're going to spend the morning in Sintra. We're going to take the train or drive to Sintra. And then I, I, I want to see a sunset at the westernmost tip of Europe. I think that'd be really cool. Watch the sun go down mm-hmm. in the Atlantic over mm-hmm. the over True. Cap, Cap mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then drive back that evening. So hopefully you can join us. If you want more, more want or need more information, um, send me an email. I'm happy to answer any questions that you might have about this trip. Was there anything else? No. We're done. What, 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 what are we doing this afternoon? Mm. I'm doing my yoga practice. I'm helping my son get organized oh, yeah, for high right. school. And you're making naan bread. He had his first week in high school. He did. He's such a lovely boy. Gosh, he's lovely. It was. I it, was pretending to cry <laughs> over pancakes this morning. Were you? Because he said, um, Sean said, oh, well, we're going to adopt you out. Cause we're, <laughs> and Rory said, ah, Okay. And I looked over at him, he looked at me, and I started to do this big, you know, lip I didn't realize you were, you were faking. And he looked at me, and he started, did you see? Yes. He, get he gets, he is just the most sensitive, sweet soul. That was mean. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were actually crying, too. Well, I, yeah, well. Mean girl. Mean girl. Mean girl. Send us emails to dltu at yml.me. If you have any questions about the trip to Lisbon, if you have any questions about us going to Australia, send emails to dltu at yml.me. This has been Don't Listen to Us. I've been Sean King. I'm Melissa King. Thank you guys very much for listening. No, see, see, I can't get I know, the Thank you right. very much for not listening to us. Say, just thank you very much for not listening to us. I know it sounds weird. You like that? <laughs> well, that's what I- Thank you very much for not listening? Yeah. I'll, okay, okay. That's, that, 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 that's our new sign up. <laughs> Sign up. Thank you very much for not listening. <laughs> See ya. Bye.